This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 165. I hope you're enjoying the gorgeous new music that we have on the show. For anyone who hasn't tuned in in a while, it is brought to you by the wonderful independent Australian artist Melanie Horsnell. And uh, that track is from her um, 2005 album, which you can download on Basecamp, and I've got the details in the show notes for you. And it's only $10, the album, and she is so fabulous. It's one of my favorite albums, The Adventures Of, it's called. And that track is called Birds. And I have loved that song since the first time I saw her perform it in a pub that where we were both performing. I used to be uh, on the acoustic singer-songwriter circuit in the early 2000s, which was super, super fun. Uh, and uh, she really uh, just has an incredible way with words, wonderful philosopher, and, uh, and I hope you love that little lead into the show that we now have. I'm so, so grateful, and we'll be doing giveaways to uh, support Melanie's work throughout the year as well. Uh, but for now, you can just go and support a fabulous independent artist and uh, grab her album on Basecamp. Now, uh, Dr. Kate Wood, I've brought on the show today because there are just so many different therapies we can bring in our toolkit and it can be confusing as to which one to use, which one to explore. And what I love about going to somewhere like health space clinics, and they've got a few locations in Sydney, this isn't a sponsored show by the way, um, is that you actually have such a wide range of practitioners who can dip into helping with your overall treatment and, you know, bring various things to the table, so to speak, uh, the uh, chiropractic table, I should have said as a bit of a pun, but um, it's a really, really cool way to be a patient when you feel like your practitioner understands uh, that sometimes their particular training uh, has a limitation for your case and they'd like to bring someone else in. And because your file is there on the system, everybody can see it, read it and know where you're at. And I think there's a real, uh, there's, that's not, that doesn't happen in many places, right? So uh, with Kate today, we're talking about chronic illness and the various therapies that she has come to find uh, have added hugely to her chiropractic practice as a, as a chiropractor herself. But we also talk about her journey uh, as an athlete in her youth. Well, she's still young, spring chicken, uh, and uh, and then being sidetracked by this impending illustrious uh, career as an athlete and unfortunately uh, being hit by chronic illness through Lyme. So uh, we talk about her journey through that process and also ultimately about all of the different techniques that she uses in treatment today. Uh, and I think that will help demystify some of these treatments for people, help you understand which ones are good for what and, uh, and help you have an um, informed conversation with your uh, practitioner about them if you're thinking of bringing them in. 
So she is a member of the Australian Spinal Research Foundation, Chiropractic Association of Australia, and the Australian liaison for the German Street uh, Georg Clinic Lyme and Cancer Services. She's authored uh, a book called An Integrative Journey Back to Health and Happiness about Lyme-like and chronic illnesses. She also does phone consults uh, and um, talks through her healing from chronic illness to help people see what how they might piece their own journey back together. She's an incredibly gifted woman, uh, also very, very passionate and generous about the information she shares. And she brings uh, techniques such as uh, Thompson drop piece, soft tissue work, musculoskeletal acupuncture, cranial work, heat, ultrasound, and we talk about all of those therapies today. I hope you enjoy that chat. Uh, I've just got a couple of little things to mention uh, First, one is thank you to everybody who has joined the Lotox Club. Uh, it is a wonderful space to bring your Lotox life to life with wonderful discussions with your fellow clubbers. Uh, I have a monthly call that I do in there. We do a bit of a Q&A, anything that's troubling people, want to workshop stuff. We have a great practitioner thread on Tuesdays. Steph, who's the naturopath on our team, helps you navigate some of the health challenges you might be having by providing suggestions for next steps uh, and uh, checking in with you on whether you think something is safe, you know, over the counter supplement type situation um, where you might need to draw the line and actually go see a practitioner. So that's super helpful every Tuesday. And then of course, 20% off all of our courses. So we also throw in the odd club challenge in there. And, uh, and I really, really love the energy in there and what all club members bring to it. It helps support the work we do to help support you in your goals. So it's a wonderful exchange and it's only $4 US a month to join. Uh, you know, so you're literally just swapping out a coffee and in doing that, supporting a show that you love and all of the work that goes into bringing it to you, as well as being able to ask advanced questions for the guests that are coming up and all those other perks I shared. I hope to see you in the Lotox Club soon. You can join via Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, search Lotox Life, and then uh, head on into the club. So we still have another week of the fabulous giveaway by uh, the Waters Co. guys. You could win a, a Bio 500 water filter system of theirs, which is valued at 749 Australian dollars. This is a big giveaway. It's one of my favourite uh, filters. I actually gifted this one to my sister when uh, she was pregnant with her first bubba. Uh, and we're so happy that we have a second bubba now who's just a, a month and a half old. We are very, very in love. Uh, and I think having clean water is really a priority. It helps you, A, ditch single-use plastic water bottles if that's something you're still finding tricky to do because you want you know, clean water. Uh, so please ditch that, get yourself some good reusables and hit the water filter factor. Um, but also uh, it is one of the best water filters because it remineralizes the water with over 50, no, 60 uh, minerals. So you get an incredibly bioavailable hydration right down to the cellular level. Uh, and you have uh, some fantastic different options in the range based on your price point. So something like the Ace Bio Plus, which is the new one liter filter jug, 
Uh, that's the result of 35 years of development and evolution with the Waters Co. Jug pitcher style water filters. And this is a really great entry level. So you have replaceable filters that can purify thousands of litres of water and included in your first water filter is a filtration kit that lasts up to two years. So it's really, really good value. And all month you have 10% off not only that one, but all the filters in the range. One of my personal favorites is the little mini waterman uh, that I travel with when I do speaking tours or, you know, last year when my son and I traveled for a month. This is all we had for our clean water filtration and it was a champion, a little trooper. That thing filters water so fast and you just fill up your two big one liter reusables and we were out until 10 o'clock that night every night pretty much for a month and it was uh, it was a brilliant travel companion. So go check out the range. Uh, you have 10% off all water filters. Low Tox TXWC23 is your code. If that's too much of a mouthful, you have all the details in the show notes. And now I want to bring you this wonderful discussion with Dr. Kate Wood. Enjoy. Hello, Kate. How are you? Great. How are you, Alex? I am fantastic. Thank you. And it's always nice to have someone on the show uh, for who I'm a customer of their business because I get to kind of have a bit of an insider view of the work you and your team do. And it is an absolute delight to have you on the show today. I know you have a really big history beyond, you know, being a health professional. And I would love to start with what you came from as being an elite athlete and a little bit about the end of that journey representing Australia and how you crossed over into the humbling territory of injury plague and chronic illness. Because I think it seems to me, not knowing you very well personally yet, but it seems to me that that was a huge driver for you um, moving into the work you now do, was it? Absolutely. Yeah. So I came from a little tiny country town, um, you know, with not many facilities and definitely, I didn't even know what a chiropractor was till I was 20. Um, and you know, some of the hardships that I faced throughout my life and particularly in my athletic career, um, whilst they seemed terrible at the time have ended up being my biggest blessings. And so, um, that's one of the biggest things, you know, as I look back over my life, um, you know, that I've learned that from everything bad comes something good. And once you start to understand and accept that, then you can learn and evolve at a much quicker rate. Mm. Um, yeah, I started running because there's really nothing else to do in my town, honestly. Um, <laughs> and I loved it. Obviously I was, you know, there was no, no push from my parents to do anything that I didn't want to do. Um, and I was training seven days a week as an eight year old child. Um, and wow. I loved it. I loved everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my easy day was a six K six to eight K run. That was just a, you know, just an easy day as an eight year old, um, as an eight year old. Yep. And was Ten, that because your parents saw something in you and your coach saw something in you at a really early age. And so it was opened up for you or. Yeah. Well, I won, um, school cross country, then went to a regional and, and I was like, it's, I think it was eight nines at that stage and I was eight and I went through to state. And um, I didn't do it any well at state, but then someone said, you know, there's an amazing um, coach in Cooler because he and his brother were amazing and he just settled there. So they said, why don't you take her in and get some training if she can do that with no training? And yeah, my first day I went in there and he's like, go and do five laps of the oval, which is 2K. That's your warm up. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> that where I, and I just, fire. Yeah, I just loved it. My mum's 
tells me that I used to cry when it rained, but she wouldn't take me to training. Like there was no push from her. I just really loved it. Oh, and, um, that's like my yeah. son with tennis and me actually, to be fair, if it's raining, I'm like, what? No what? tennis. And you can run in the rain. So, mm. and he was very big on, you know, you don't miss it a day of training. Like, you know, he, it was old school training. You train hard. You don't have a rest. You know, we didn't stretch, you know, and at that age, you can get away with it. You know, I ran all day, every day, you know, no injuries. You know, by 10, I was undefeated over 800 metres in cross country, which is the only two races you could do at that age. Mm. Um, and continue to do so till I went to boarding school when I was nearly 13. Um, and that really made it hard going away from my coach. And I, you know, went through Menarch and, you know, my body started to develop and, yeah, injuries started to come and, um, yeah, so that was the first bit that I found really hard and it was after a school camp when I was 16 that I got bitten by a tick and until I was like 28 did not think anything of that tick bite but that triggered um, this healthy child like, you know, like honestly I can't even ever remember being sick or having a sniffle prior to that um and yeah then I you know I was really tired and um you know had these rashes on my body and because it sort of coincided with you know becoming a lady um Mm. you know everyone was like you know it's just your hormones and you know you've you're overtrained and you know you're not eating well because you're at a boarding school so you know there was lots of logistical you know things that things you could put it down to yeah exactly Mm. at the time it all made sense and you know um that year I missed the national final by a hundredth of a second and it was absolutely heartbreaking because you know I hadn't been I'd been undefeated this whole time um and it's funny because now I look back on it we put in a protest and um the guy that I met that helped me through that protest to make the final um which I didn't end up uh, winning um he ended up um you know, offering me a scholarship to the Australian College of PE, which is where I met my best friend who introduced me to my hubby. So that's why I say like, you know, from every bad thing comes something good. It might be 10 years later. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was really, really sick from probably about 16 to my early 20s. Um, and I went through the medical model, was told, you know, that there was nothing wrong with me, told that I was depressed, told I was, it was all in my head. Um, and even if people actually believe that there was something wrong with me, they didn't know what to do with me. So they just didn't do anything. So, um, it was a very, um, it, well, I really think I was depressed to be honest, but I was depressed because nobody could help me. Not because I had an underlying yes. depressive state, which is a difference. And yeah, I was, it was like, a I'm not a product of yeah. your situation rather than the cause. Yeah, absolutely. And I was not going to take any, like any medication for that because it still wasn't going to fix my problem. Mm. Um, you know, so I kept digging and my parents, you know, coming from a small town, like they didn't have that much knowledge in natural therapies either. Um, and so, yeah, the, the first sort of road we crossed, I met a girl that had had glandular fever and seen this, he was a biochemist. So he just tested and then made stuff specifically for you. He didn't really diagnose you with anything. And it was the first time that I went to somewhere and thought, okay, this is where I need to be. And, you know, he worked out that I had a parasite and probably that had been picked up from overseas travel, from racing. And anyway, he put me on this big detox program. I got really sick and a lot of, um, you know, it got worse to start with it. Then for the first time I started to feel better um, and I started to understand like detoxification and, um, you know, that what I put in my body and on my body is also, you know, very important for, you know, my healing and my health. And I started to tweak my diet and 
understand that carbo loading probably isn't the best for me. Worked out that I was celiac. So, you know, all these things came, um, you know, I met, worked with naturopaths and started, I learned about acupuncture and it was really the first time in my life that I felt understood and helped Mm. and that I was actually going to get better. Um, That's such a common story, isn't it? It is such a common story. Go through the phases. I've been there uh, of uh, how on earth can I feel this bad and no one be able to help me to exactly. finally just a chance meeting with someone who knows someone who does yes. something a different way and then boom, you actually start to feel like you're being heard. And, um, and that's, that for me is when the healing actually starts to take place, when oh, you actually feel accepted absolutely. for what you're going through. Yeah, love and understanding is one of the most important parts of healing, I believe, personally, mm. and how I practice as well. Um, but yeah, you know, like in in my in twenty twelve, I got bitten by another tick, and I was really quite well till then. Oh, um, but man. my body was never the same. So, like, I couldn't train at the level I used to. I, you know, get sore throats quite often. I'd get run down really quickly. I learned how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was never the healthy person that I was. And then when I got bitten by that tick the second time and got immediately so, so sick, that's when I started to think back, oh my gosh, has this all been happening since I was 16? Um, and you know, at my worst point, I couldn't get out of bed. I had vertigo, like couldn't even like, I'd had crawled to the toilet. The fatigue was crippling. I couldn't even remember my friend's names. Like I had such bad memory loss and, you know, yeah, felt like I couldn't breathe. I lost my eyesight. So, you know, I was in a pretty dark place there for a while again, because I got diagnosed with Lyme, but then not really very many people knew how to help me. So I never knew if I was getting worse or better or people were helping or not helping. Um, Yeah. So that kind of led me again to like, I need a different, I need to do something different. And I felt like I needed to get out of my space and sort of look at it from a different perspective. And, um, I ended up going to the um, this clinic in Germany called St. George Clinic and um, they do lots of different holistic stuff, but they've basically got three layers. You live in there like a hospital, but it's not. It's sort of halfway between a hotel and a hospital. Then they have a medical layer where, you know, you're doing full-on intensive medical therapies and they've got a like a holistic centre as part of it. You know, there's a Reiki there. Like to see this in action was like, this is my dream. Like this is what I want to do in my life. Um, and that really sort of kick-started another level of healing for me. And, um, you know, the, the thing they do there that's very different is they do this thing called hyperthermia, so heating, not cooling, mm-hmm. um, and they sedate you um, and heat your body very, very slowly up to, um, depending on your body and detoxification and stuff, but up to like 42-plus degrees um, and then back down over six hours. And so the premise of that is that, a, they heat and kill any overload of bacteria, which Lyme is a bacterial infection, um, but also they give you an IV antibiotic. So all as you your heat is lifted up and your body's looking for glucose to feed the body, it can't find it because they've starved you for a day before. And, um, yeah, so it picks up that antibody can sort of upregulate the um, ability of that to go to areas that wouldn't usually go to cross like blood brain barrier and stuff. So it's really full on, but it was just groundbreaking for me. I just feel like I just kind of wiped everything out and got this clean slate to start again. And that's what I did. I came back to Australia and just started 
looking at my body and my look like deep into detoxification into um you know like neurotransmitter function and just looked and just kept working until i got my body back to optimal and um i just really haven't looked back since then Mm, that's so fantastic isn't it and so when did you actually formally start studying and how once you'd been exposed to all these fantastic therapies because this is a, a big issue for a lot of people who want to become practitioners of some kind is what type of practitioner do you become? I know. Because there's so many different fantastic things that you can study. You oh, probably you decided to study it all. Yeah, well, mm. I can keep keep learning. It's mm. good. Um, the reason I study, I always want to be a physio. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I study chiropractic is because in between that time where I sort of got myself well, um, and got back to being ranked number three in Australia, I injured my back. And I used to go to the physio every week, get massage every week. Um, you know, as I said to you, I didn't know what a chiropractor was until I was in my 20s. And I was out at a party one night and I could barely walk. And um, I just was another amazing thing that just happened is I was talking to this guy and he's like, I haven't seen you racing. And I said, no, I'm injured. What are you doing? Oh, I'm a chiropractor. Why don't you come down to my clinic tomorrow? Let me have a look. And I was like, all right, got nothing to lose. One adjustment, like I couldn't bend down and touch my toes. I couldn't lie down. Like I could stand comfortably. That was it. Mm. I just literally was like, what did you just do to me? Like I was like bending, jumping, like instantly. <laughs> I was like, my mind is blown right now. It's pretty um, magical, isn't it? I mean, it I, I love a great physio <laughs> is also magical for like the long game. Uh, but it, I think both have wonderful parts. In, oh, the physio in supporting kept, me, us. kept me going for such a long time because mm. we worked out later that I had a short leg and that was like throwing out my back and I've got a scoliosis. So there was like a lot of pieces to the puzzle and that was just another piece. And, you know, obviously I, I had multiple adjustments over time to like try and balance that back out. Um, and yeah, so then I was just like, all right, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a sports chiro. But um, later I also hurt my foot and ended up breaking a bone because it got misdiagnosed. And I decided right, I'm going to go back and study now and rehab this and come back better than ever. But I just never came back to running because I loved the chiropractic lifestyle because I, I had no idea beyond that physical side that there was this whole, you know, mental, emotion, like mental emotional, um, you know, very big on, um, you know, what you eat, what you think. There's this, like, it's so much more holistic than people often understand about chiropractic. And mm. I just loved it. And I just, yeah, just decided, you know, I'm going to help people. And whilst I have looked after lots of teams and sports staff, actually what has been my, my thing is um, pregnancy and peds and just starting at that grass level and teaching people health so that just becomes their norm. That's my passion. Yeah. And, um, and obviously you've then gone on to look at quite a few different, uh, uh, therapies. You've added quite a few different things into your treatment mix. Um, so at what point does one go, you know what? I love chiropractic. I love what I'm able to do within this framework and, you know, insert anything there. Yes. Right? I love yes. naturopathy. I love nutrition, whatever. Um, but there are certain parts to people's healing in some of these more complex cases that I feel like I need more tools. Is that how you then start to navigate what else you bring in? Yeah, I think um, I love learning. And I have to say, going through chiropractic school, like it's five years, the last two years, like a good 30 
five, 40 hours face to face a week. It's, it was, you know, it was very full on and I was working at the time. And to be honest, I didn't enjoy the process until the last year when it all came together. Mm. Whereas now I'm a chiropractor with a master's. A lot of the stuff that I've studied have been like, you know, weekend courses over a year or, and I can take what I want from that rather than being like, here's your exam. You pass if you know my questions. Right. Um, and so I've really just loved being able to learn that way. And, um, you know, as you said, like some things I use every day in practice, other times I might use something once a year, but that one thing that I use once a year will be life changing for that person. Mm. And so I just have just kept searching and learning and, you know, treatments that I've had on myself, I'm like, oh, wow, I love that. I want to learn how to do that. Um, but then, you know, I love acupuncture and Chinese medicine. That's one of my faves. And I'm still scarred from my training as a chiropractor. But if I ever couldn't practice as a chiropractor, I reckon that it'd be what I would go back and study. Um, but yeah, I just don't think I could go back to uni anytime soon and definitely not as a mother yeah, <laughs> with that, young it's children. It's tricky, isn't it? I know my I mother-in-law did her it. education oh. masters with two small people and I'm like, I take how did you people, do honestly. that? Shout oh. out to everybody studying as... Everyone a, studying yeah. as a mom needs an even bigger medal, seriously. Yeah, agree, <laughs> agree. Um, okay, so you founded Health Space. When did that actually happen? And it's a clinic... Um, predominantly in Sydney, right? But in multiple locations. That's right. Mm. Yes. So we, um, so I met my husband um, in 2006, I think. Anyway, he was working um, at a chiropractic, uh, a chiropractic clinic in Coogee. And that's how we met. I actually started working as a student in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had just started a, this little clinic in two rooms at Potts Point. And so I went in and started doing, um, you know, a lot of the admin front desk and massage work. So I was a massage therapist first. Um, and so that's how this, that's how it originally was called, um, Kyra Sports Kings Cross. And we mm-hmm. worked under that model, um, with an amazing, um, mentor, um, for quite a while. We always did have a dream of having our own thing, but we really learned a lot in that model. Um, but as we grew, what we found, we got to four clinics under that model and, um, it was very chiropractic focused and they had like, they did have some massage and a little bit of acupuncture, but we wanted everything. Yeah. Um, and so we just branched away, um, really positive, still great friends, um, with them. Um, and health space was born. Amazing. So, um, I, I remember yeah, so. finding health space by Googling a local sauna place. I just, you know, oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> needed to go to a sauna. I was like, oh, brilliant. Just up the road. So that's how I found you guys originally. Um, and, but I don't want to talk specifically about uh, sauna or Cairo for too much longer, only because I think it'd be really exciting to share some of these extra therapies that you guys bring into health space which I think is Absolutely. What, what makes uh, the offering so unique. And it's by no means uh, like uh, an ad for your business. Kate has not been paid to come on here, but <laughs> yes. I want to talk about these things because um, as, we, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, sometimes you need to pull extra tricks out of the box and the basics won't uh, be enough. So I want to ask you about the ones that you list, you guys list on your website as being yep. um, available yep. because people somewhere else around the world might be able to find someone local to them that does these things if you're in a tricky spot and needing some extra tools in your box. So what does TBM stand for? 
So TBM stands for total body modification and mm-hmm. it is um, a branch of kinesiology that was developed by a guy who is actually now deceased, but his name was Dr. Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was one of those true, they called him a magnetic healer. So he was a chiropractor, but he was also a naturopath and he was a very big believer in um, like meridian flow and just, you know, holistic health you know, a long time ago. I'm just trying to think when we first met him. I mean, it was, this is probably 80 years ago. Um, maybe not that long. Um, but yeah, he sort of, his belief was that if you can tap into the, the autonomic nervous system and particularly the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest, that the body will heal and self-regulate and move towards optimal health on its own. And as a chiropractor, that is what we believe. We don't believe we're fixing anyone. We believe that our role is to facilitate your body to do the healing itself. And that's yeah. a very big difference to, to like medicine, I think. Um, yeah, so in a nutshell, I guess, should I explain a little bit about what you would expect in a treatment using yeah, this technique? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so it's the first bit with um, TBM is really involved in getting your lifestyle sorted. So, think hydration, sleep, exercise. So, before we do anything, we want to make sure that where your sleep is as optimal as possible, that you're moving, that your body is hydrated, because TBM believe that you can't heal if you're dehydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you move into what's called the basic exam and this exam we use muscle testing and biofeedback to check the body points they're Mm -hmm. called such as organs structures spinal points um, joint alignment um, your sugar metabolism and of course hydration as I mentioned Um, Ah, so so, Lydia one of your chiros has done this on me (laughs) I'm like listening to you talking about it I'm like oh I've had this done okay yes Mm -hmm. yes and so um, I was thrilled to not be dehydrated I thought yep good on you (laughs) honestly I reckon 95% of people that come into my office are dehydrated even um, if they think they're not (laughs) I know I was worried with my black tea addiction but, but I'm all good good um, yeah, so if you're the, the biggest thing within this is you've got to be hydrated and your sugar metabolism has to be um, balanced. So mm-hmm. when we say sugar metabolism, it's not necessarily how much sugar you eat. People go, oh, I haven't had sugar today. And I'm like, well, it's not just today. It's, you know, over time. But also, you know, your, your, your cycle, your hormones, um, your particular stress and emotions are a big um, thing that can throw off your sugar metabolism. So there's a muscle test that we check and we've done it. We've actually cross-checked it over time. I don't do it anymore um, with an actual um, glucometer and mm-hmm. tested their glucose levels, then reset using this um, technique and then recheck them and immediately their sugar returns back to normal. It's unbelievable. Not kidding. With no, Not kidding. Like literally with whatever adjustment happens. Yep. 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 So then the key is obviously getting them and their lifestyle to hold that so that yes. they can walk off and, you know, if they have a stress in their life or have a snack that's got sugar in, it's not going to throw it off every single time. Mm. So making you more resilient in your environment. So that's what that section's all about. And for people that are not um, regulating their sugar properly, we put them on a usually about two weeks, a special eating plan called the Autonomic Recovery Program. And we take out um, anything that's hard to digest, obviously sugar, caffeine, any stimulants, um, and just get them, um, just for this period particularly, we get them eating regularly, so just upping their metabolism. Um, and, yeah, usually we find within about two weeks that um, sorts itself out, sometimes a bit longer for people, especially if they cheat. Um, 
But once that's holding, a lot of people's symptoms go away immediately. Once they're hydrated and their sugar metabolism's right, like that can be life changing straight up. But from there, um, we then test um, mercury um, with a vial and basic allergies and correct anything that shows up. Then we'll do a whole emotional um, sequence called emotional arrays, which balances the emotional system. Then we'll do energy circuits. So there's five energy circuits that we check and particularly this focuses in on the circadian rhythm and working with the sleep if that's not starting to level out by then. Mm -hmm. Then we look at um, something called Morgellons, um, which used to be something that you would get diagnosed if they thought you were a bit psychotic and they used to think things were crawling under you. Um, And they've now realized that's actually a real thing. Um, And so that works. It's basically a massive immune reset um, doing that clearing. You use vials again for that. Um, So sorry, I feel like I need to unpack that a bit because that didn't make sense to me very well. So Magellan's was thought to be like a disorder, a mental disorder. Mental disorder, yeah. So people used to say, I feel like things are crawling under my skin and they used to put them in a mental institution because they thought they were crazy. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. But, and so what is it actually now that we know more about it? It's a parasite. It crawls in under the skin and makes you itchy. Gotcha. So it actually yeah. just is a parasite infection. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so some people actually get little lines you can see on the skin, but sometimes you, you can't see anything. Um, but I can't believe people used to be sent to mental institutions yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. just needed yeah. a parasite cleanse. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and usually, okay. of course, when you have one parasite, you potentially have more going on in that rain because parasites only live in our body when they're not, when our environment is not optimal because mm-hmm. they can take up residence. So what we generally find is if you've got something going on about like a bacterial infection or a parasite infection that that kind of off starts setting off a whole host of other things. So um, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got that yeah. Now. Yeah. So and some, so- for some people that keeps coming up, so we'll have to keep correcting that and maybe even then work more with doctors and naturopaths to actually diagnose what's like underlying that as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it doesn't just clear straight away. Yeah. And I think that's really um, fantastic that you talk about the potential limitations sometimes and how you do need to bring other health practitioners in. I think we would advance so much faster in the medical community if everyone realized that there was their bag and things that were other people's bag. And if we actually all work together and shared patients more openly, we might get people to move forward faster. Yes. That's one of the biggest things I've learned. I learned as a student um, because the clinic I worked in was very much, this is the client this is to help them. You, it may not be you that needs to be their primary practitioner or their practitioner at all. And that was very liberating when I kind of thought about, I've always just felt like that, mm. but a lot of people are like, you know, if someone sees their client when they're away or something, you, you took my client. It's like, no, you don't own that person. Mm. You're helping them to restore their health. And if you're the best person to do that, fantastic. But if you're not there, someone else has got to do it. And it's much um, better for the mental health of a practitioner to not feel that they literally have to be able to figure out how to help every single person. Exactly. And also I think personally, like as a healer, um, you know, obviously you've got to make a living and there's got to be that even exchange. But if you're thinking of them as money, you cannot heal them. Mm. And so, yeah, I have a massive issue with people that see it that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. So we've talked about TBM. We kind of touched on kinesiology, but I feel like TBM comes under the kinesiology umbrella in the end. Yeah. So that comes under the umbrella. And so just to finish off the TBM, because this is where it is very different. It, it does go through like a process, which I love, but if you get to the end of that and this, you know, if someone's really chronic or, um, you know, it can be physical, chemical or emotional, you know, they may still have stuff that needs working on when you reach the end of the protocol. And so there's something called what we call menuing. And so that's the really high level neck, like really cool stuff that we do where we ask the body what we need to do next. And so that comes down to the skill of the practitioner because the more, you know, the more you can ask, right. Mm. Um, and you, and you can only ask the body yes or no questions. So, um, yeah, so we work with that patient to work out what the next priority in their health is. And, again, it may not be kinesiology. It might be that they have to go somewhere else or work in with that or, um, yeah, so that's, that's the really cool side of TBM that's yeah. very different. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and so cranial a few people have had their kind of skulls pressed when they go to the Cairo, but a lot of people don't actually understand what's going on <laughs> behind that, what the, uh, what the learning a practitioner has done to be able to know where to press and how to manipulate yes. and how hard a pressure to apply. Yep. Tell us about cranial and what it's, what it's best for. So back a, you know, a long time ago, they used to think that cranial bones were, didn't move. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously over time we've learned that they do. I mean, obviously the movement's very small compared to like a major joint, like a hip or a knee. Um, but really, and there's lots, again, so many different techniques um, that say, oh, I work with cranials or craniosacral. They often go together. And the reason that we are working on those two ends is because um, the nerves that come out of that area are predominantly um, parasympathetic. Gotcha. And so by working on the head and around near the tailbone sacrum area um it's very calming um and so i guess what we actually do will be different because you know sometimes we go in the mouth sometimes we are actually touching the head the breathing is a huge part of the corrections as well it's very gentle if you've ever had it Mm. it's not you feel like almost nothing's being done but you do feel this immense calm come over you yes totally agree yeah. And so it's amazing for everyone, I think personally, but particularly if you're stressed, babies and older people, they're the ones that I find make the the biggest difference in because their systems um, really, like babies haven't worked out necessarily how to balance that. If they're in a very calm environment, maybe not so, but yeah, if their nervous system is stressed or they can't talk, they can't tell us what they're feeling. So it's, yeah, I mean, babies nearly always fall asleep when I do cranials on them. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> I know. I, I'm all about the babies right now because I've got a brand new nephew. So I'm just oh. like, oh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> just turn into mush. <laughs> Thank gosh I work with babies or I'd have a hundred. <laughs> uh, oh, well, no, I know I wouldn't. I was definitely a one hit wonder, but um, yeah, I feel very thankful thankful every time another little baby comes into my life. Oh yeah, me too. Mm. So, so does that kind of answer that question? Yes, yes, yes. it does. Fantastic. And, uh, and then uh, another couple that you guys use at Health Space, Thompson Drop Piece. Now yeah. that I had never come across in my life. Talk to us about that one. So, so the tables that we practice on, if we use the, this drop piece technique, are very special, like specialised tables, and they have pieces that you push. 
either lift or push a foot piece that lifts the table up. And so what we use that for is instead of, um, you know, rolling the person into a position where we can manipulate the joint, we can keep them laying flat on the table and we can use this little drop and sort of drop to, um, to, to create that movement through the joint. So, um, for example, people that are really have a really acute, low back pain or sciatic or a scoliosis that doesn't allow us to lie them on their side comfortably. The drop is amazing. Um, people that don't like cracking, obviously there's no cracking sound with this. Mm. Um, quite gentle and you can, um, so old, yeah, again, older people where you don't want to be doing like big adjustments. Um, it's really amazing for that as well. Okay, cool. Fantastic. They're very so loud. Basically, oh, is it? It's very loud. And if you've never been to the car and the first thing you come in, you can hear these drop pieces dropping down. Like I've had clients who are like, I'm not having that. And I can, I, I'm like, I promise you, it <laughs> is so much gentler than it sounds because it echoes if you haven't got carpet. Yeah. Um, and I've had people that have been like, no, no, no. And then finally they have it and they go, oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sounds worse than it is and um, yes. super, super helpful for people who don't like cracking. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually use it. I find... Um, using it for pelvic low back pelvic um stuff i actually find it is for most people um just as effective as doing a manual adjustment so i I predominantly use that in that area and then as needed in the other areas yeah yeah and it really just is about the situation once again and then you've got all the tools so you know what's yeah. best for that well, person with, yeah with thompson the other thing that i should mention that i love is that there's a whole system that goes with it so you look and go okay they've got a right short leg and so in some modalities you'd be like oh my god they've got a right short leg but why is it a functional short leg so is there a tight muscle is there a hip out of alignment what's causing that or is it actually structural they have a short leg that you could do a ct scan measure and yes they've got a short tibia or femur and for most people it's functional so then okay you've got a functional short leg how do i work out where it's coming from there's a whole technique you bend legs you get them to lift their bottom up you do these whole things and you can work out if, if it's coming from the pelvis the si the low back the leg so once you know what what it is it's super easy to fix and it's super quick to do it and it's in it's predictable and um repeatable so you know every practitioner that did it most of them would get the exact same results so it's it, that is really great about the thompson drop piece as well Wow. That's so cool. And I think a lot of people are quite, can be quite quick to, and and fair enough because there are so many different little therapies that exist now. Um, and we can be quite quick to, Oh, you know, it's just another thing that I have to feel like I need to try and get. But for me, it's more about finding practitioners who have lots of tools so you don't have to worry about what type of treatment to have because they're literally pulling exactly. from their entire toolbox to work with you on what's going to work best for you. And it gives you objective measures too. And that's, you know, really important because for example, when I was running, I used to get this right hip pain and I'd go and have it, I'd stretch, I'd have, you know, massage, I'd have um, dry needling and all of that fixed the pain, but the next week it would be back again. Mm. And when I started Cairo school, I, I, um, you know, they always get someone up to demonstrate and, and they said, Oh, has anyone got, um, you know, these symptoms? And I was like, yes. And so I got up and, um, he, and you know, people would always adjust my right SI, my right hip, like everything on the right. Cause that's where my pain was. And he adjusted my left. He said, your left SI is jammed. It's not moving. And so the right side's going, Oh, I'm doing so much work here. And that's why it's building up and getting sore and inflamed. Yeah. Adjusted my left SI. And I was like, no one has 
ever looked at the left side of my body. Like, how does that happen? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So it just stops you from just always going towards the pain too, because you're looking at the body as a whole and how it functions as a whole. Mm, Can't so miss anything. Good. Yeah. So good. Okay. And then, so when do you use uh, ultrasound? So I use ultrasound, not as in, you know, ultrasounding to look at an organ or a tendon, you know, I use it as um, a tool like a physio would. Mm -hmm. Um, So predominantly it it helps to assist in the healing process. It's sound waves. Um, And it's particularly good, I find, with damaged soft tissues, particularly like tendonitis, sprained ankles, um, that sort of stuff is where I predominantly use it. Okay. Yeah. So it's a support for, um, for healing. And how do the waves assist in healing? Is it about rebalancing the body? Like I, I'm just trying to understand how it works. Yeah. So I use um, a, like an anti-inflammatory cream. I use physio cream, mm-hmm. physio cream, um, but you can use, obviously use a gel as well. Um, and so that pulses it in deeper into, you know, the injured area. Oh, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so when you've got an injured um, muscle or tendon, the fibres, you know how you get can get, if you don't treat it properly, you can get like, you know, a lump or scar tissue underneath. And yeah. so what that is is the fibres, as they heal, they don't heal in alignment. They heal like crossing each other and that gives more stability to the area as it heals. But long-term, obviously, it shortens that, that muscle or tendon and um, predisposes you to further injury or other injuries because that joint then won't function optimally. So you know, the stretching, the joint alignment, and then using the, the ultrasound just helps to realign those fibers as optimally as possible so that you can heal it as close to pre-injury as possible. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've got a couple more to ask you about. NIS. What's that? Um, that is neurointegrational system. It's mm-hmm. a technique that I learned years ago and I use bits and pieces from it. It has some really good protocols um, particularly for like treating bacteria. Um, but to be honest, since I learned TBM, I predominantly use TBM. I pull bits out and then I, what I use more actually is NET, mm-hmm. um, which is neuro emotional technique. Um, mm-hmm. and so, N, so TBM came first and he was very good friends with the guy that did all the, you know, in AET, the allergy specific one. NET is actually a whole body technique, but it's predominantly known for the emotional side of it. Um, and so, yeah, there's an emotional section to TBM, but I find using NET gets a deeper response. And so how I use it is in two different ways. So it's a mind-body stress reduction technique. That's how they explain it. Um, but I use it either in two different ways. So one, either using what's called a mind entry. So asking the client to focus on the trauma or the stress or the pain that they're feeling. Mm. Um, so you could do, um, you know, for example, I want to lose weight and then I'd muscle test and see if their body is congruent with that, or I don't want to lose weight. And so wherever the muscle, wherever the body's weak, when the muscle test goes weak, then I'll cross check that with all the different meridians in the body. So the organs, and then we work out a specific emotion because there's lots of different emotions attached to each of the organs. There's main ones for each one, but there's a whole list. And then we put that together. So for example, if it was, I want to lose weight, And it went weak, but I do want to lose weight. You do, but there's something that's happened emotionally to you previously that is blocking you from believing that. 
So we've got to work that out. So say I cross check it with stomach and then it's over sympathetic and then they were over sympathetic with their mother because they could never lose weight. So we dig into like what the cause of that is. And sometimes they know it straight away and other times they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And then we just get, we touch those points, touch the emotional point on the forehead and we get them to breathe. And usually this is not part of the technique, but I sort of say some affirmations and like get them to release anything that doesn't serve them right now and um, then put something positive back into that framework. So that's wow, how, so yeah. good. It's quite yeah. a lot like um, tapping really, yes, you know, just leaning, leaning right yep. into and facing right up to and being very present with root cause emotion stuff Absolutely. Um, to and be able to then start to work on releasing it. And if you're not a good talker, like you don't want to go necessarily and talk about your problems because some people don't find that helpful or don't even want to do that. This is great because you don't even have to say it out loud. I can just muscle test, Mm -hmm. work it out. Do you know what it is? Yes, think about that muscle test. They don't even have to say it out loud if they don't want to. Um, Most people do. um, And there's definitely a big referral rate from me to the psychology counseling for stuff if you know because big stuff can come up with that that Mm. um you know does need to be dealt with we've taken the emotion off it but um you know with big stuff we need to to give them more support with that yeah um but then the other side that i use a lot as well is called a body entry and so that's where the client will touch like an injury a pain a rash or something that is not going away Mm. um and we cross-check with the emotional point on the forehead to see if there's an emotion that's overloading their healing to this physical ailment. So it's probably easier to give you an example. I think. Yeah. Okay. So I had a girl that came in um, and every time so she'd had a whiplash injury, she'd come into me, you know, we'd fixed, um, done a lot of work and got her neck moving, you know, well again, physio, chiro, acupuncture, all that. Mm -hmm. But every time she would hear the screeching of brakes, her neck would go back to that initial acute cut, like physically could not move her neck in so much pain, even though she was completely safe. So it's like a total trigger. Total trigger for her. And so, um, yeah, so we did any, we got her back, like thinking about the screech of the brakes, muscle tested, cross-checked, worked out where that was, cleared that. And then so she still said she would get like this like real autonomic response. Like she, she'd start sweating and her heart rate would go up, but she could move her neck. She wasn't in pain. She could tell herself she was safe. So it was just removing that emotional blockage that was blocking her body from really understanding that she was safe because mm. the body just kept thinking that it was under stress again every time it heard that. So that's kind of how we would use that. Yeah. Wow. Very, very That's obviously cool. a very full on story, but you know, it can be much more subtle than that as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's a great way to illustrate uh, how um, it's all about cleaning up these, you know, literally tidying up loose ends in your, in the corners of your mind, basically. Yeah. I mean, I have any yeah. tea, I would have it every day if I could. Um, and one of the practitioners that I used to work with, we used to treat each other. We used to go to the beach and treat each other for an hour, half an hour each every week and just whatever came up because you can just cross-check organs. You don't have to have something specific to work on if you don't have anything. Yeah. Um, and gosh, my health was so good when I was doing that. Wow. Um, you know, I go probably once a month now and, um, you know, I write stuff down through the month that I want to work on and stuff. But um, even just like I've been away for three months, so I haven't like really had much of the treatment that I usually would. So, you know, you don't have to be injured or an emotional wreck to have this sort of tr- treatment either, you know. 
when you do it regularly, you get down to stuff like someone teased you about your hair in kindergarten. And so now you don't want to ever have short hair. Like it'll be something like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But you know, you clear that stuff. You're such a better human. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so true. I often say that with my uh, Cairo who does NET and he's like, you know, he goes through the ages, so zero to five, yep. five to 10, mm-hmm. and then 11, 12, okay, 13, what happened in the school year? And I'm like, Rick, I don't know. <laughs> I was 13. <laughs> and yeah. I just don't remember. But then something will pop into my head. Be like, oh, that's the time that Michelle held up my bra in the locker room and said, <laughs> and because it had like little patterns on it, and I got teased, and then boom, it was this whole, and then I just burst into tears, and I'm yes. like, oh my god, what was that? And it's stuff you forget about, like a million bucks. Yeah, you, it's stuff you forget, and it's stuff you block deliberately. <laughs> And the more we block and don't integrate, then we can't learn from that experience. And so mm. it's like the people that, you know, don't talk. Like if they bottle it all up, it's got to come out at some point. And it'll either come out as a massive overreaction to something completely irrelevant to what was happening or it'll express in your physical health and you'll get sick yeah. or something yeah. will happen. You'll be like, but I, I don't understand. I haven't been anywhere, done anything. I eat healthy. But then you've got these things going wrong in your life and everyone has emotional stuff, you know, whether they want to know or not that that everyone's got it. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Absolutely. It's impossible to get to 40 and um, and (laughs) be a clean slate. Exactly. There's one more I want to ask you about before I ask a couple of questions. I just want to workshop chronic illness with you because I think, you know, this is obviously where you've naturally tended towards and why you've built such an arsenal of tools in your practices. Um, but BICOM, this is something I've been having lately uh, and I'd love for you to explain what that is and, and how it's helped you because I know you've benefited a lot from BICOM treatment. Absolutely. Um, so I spoke, I, as you said, I don't practice this modality. Another one that I would love to learn, but as you know, it's like a lot of sitting and um, processing and I just need to be hands-on at the moment, but I reckon someday I will definitely learn more about BICOM actually myself. But for now, mm. I have amazing practitioners that can do that for us, which is amazing. Shout out to um, lovely Marta. Oh, yeah, Marta. Thank you. <laughs> and my original BICOM practitioner, um, Petra, as well, which is where our journey with BICOM started because I didn't even know what BICOM was till she came and rented a room at Potts Point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and so I had a quick chat to Marta because like, um, with the health funds and with Medicare, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny on the, the alternate health pra- practitioners at the moment. And Biocom's yeah. actually undergoing a review as we speak by the TGA. Um, and so we've been very, given very specific things that we're allowed to say about Biocom. But as you said, I can tell my story exactly, you know, why I've used it, how it's helped. So, um, but would you like me to just read the... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Statement, just so we know, you know, what they're saying it is. So the official intended purpose is that it's an electronic system that provides visual and auditory signals corresponding to the patient's physiological status. So it'll detect changes in physiological functions outside of normal, amplify these signals and provide feedback to the patient with the intention of promoting the healing process. So they say the main reasons to use it would be for pain reduction, muscle relaxation, stress reduction, and reduction of allergies. But Mm -hmm. as I know, and you know, it's far more than that. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Um, And as I said, you know, my my journey with Biocom came when I met this beautiful lady, Petra, and um, she, when she rented the room, no one knew what Biocom was. So she's like, 
everyone's on my table. She didn't take no for an answer. She's like, you're on today, you're on tomorrow. And it was fabulous because everyone got to have a go. And, you know, we had these miraculous things happening. And for example, um, Mariana, who I think you've met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah she had this sore knee and um, she'd been unable to run for ages. And, you know, she's working in a health, you know, she's having physio, acupuncture, chiro, massage, you know, everything. And um, everything helped, but nothing was actually fixing it. And um, what the Bicom showed, and obviously I'm simplifying it majorly, is that she had poison from a spider bite under her kneecap and it was trapped in the fluid there. Mm -hmm. And so they did a treatment to to harmonise that and correct it, I guess. And um, she started running the next day. Wow. And we were all like, cool. Um, You know. (laughs) super healthy person eats healthy you know gets treated regularly so that was something that you know spontaneously fixed because the rest of the pieces were already in place Mm. Um, you know sometimes it takes a lot longer to get you know those healing stories but my son after like seeing like all the staff have these miraculous things happening I was like I'm bringing my son to see you because when he was six months old, he got exposed to mold toxicity on a holiday and we didn't realise at the time that this is what it was. He was very healthy and he had this sniffle that turned into like what seemed like, you know, a blocked nose. And when we got home, it kind of didn't really go away and it got, you know, seemed to get worse and he'd lie down. He couldn't sleep very well. He was very agitated by it. And um, I took him to the doctor, the only time I've actually, funnily enough, taken to the doctor to get a nose swab because I thought, I want to know what's going on. Maybe there's like an infection up there or something. Anyway, in between getting those results back, I went and saw Petra and um, it showed that he had an overgrowth of Staph aureus in his system. And two days later, I get the swab back and guess what it said? Severe, mm. <laughs> severe overgrowth of Staph aureus. So, you know, I love when science matches with yeah. stuff. Like I don't need nice. it. Like mm. I'll try anything. I'm open-minded, but gosh, it's good when it does. Mm. So, you know, obviously having a, a um, severe overgrowth, the doctor's like, you're not going to get rid of this without antibiotics, um, which I was like, okay, that's an end option for me. But right now I've got all these other tools that I'm going to try. And, um, yeah, so we did Bicom and acupuncture weekly, and then we used homeopathics and naturopathic herbs. And so we did it over six months because um, you can't treat kids with Bicom as often as you can with adults. You've got to let their bodies um, to heal in between. And, um, yeah, so he went, he had Staph aureus, then I think it was E. coli, then it was strep. It just kept changing, like rolling over. And then finally we did one and it was all optimal and, you know, his symptoms had cleared long before we actually got that optimal swab, but I just kept doing the swabs because I just found it interesting that they always matched up wow. for my head as well. And yeah, just, you know, as I said, it was a six month process. Um, but I reckon within a month he was a different child. Isn't that um, amazing? Amazing. And then my daughter, um, she had mucus in her stools from three weeks old and she wasn't in any pain. She was thriving, smashing in milestones. And, you know, if I wasn't a health practitioner, I probably would have just been like, ah, it might be normal for her, but I wasn't and I didn't. So I kept looking and I did an elimination diet and, you know, took out all the foods that I thought could be triggering it because I was breastfeeding. You know, everything seemed to help a little bit. Nothing fixed it. She was taking probiotics, kinesiology, acupuncture, I was adjusting her. Um, we had one session of, uh, she was a very constipated child too. Like I had to work, she had to be adjusted regularly to keep, um, her stools regular. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing that did really give her quite a lot of pain. She didn't 
like poo every day, Yeah. which, you know, the medical model's like, oh, they can go eight days. I'm like, my kid wouldn't die if she went Yeah, no. And I know not... some can. But yeah, for just her, because it it's common normal. doesn't make it normal. No, yeah. that's right. So, yeah, we had a session of Bicom. Before we'd even finished the session, she pooed um, normally, no mucus, and has never had it in her stool ever since. So wow. it, um, I'm just trying to remember what actually showed up for her. So do you think the moral of the story with BICOM, even though it's quite a specific uh, and narrow definition of what one is legally allowed to say at this point yes. in time, um, and while one would never stop going to one's doctor or cease any Definitely medication not. that one is on, um, the, the, it seems like there's a lot more potential on the horizon as more research is done in this country on that therapy to be in line with the amount of research that's been done in Germany. Would you say that that would be uh, a, an accurate thing to say in terms of um, people's curiosity on the subject? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And um, a good point that you make with the German thing is that it actually is used by a lot of medical doctors in Germany. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's, so, that's why I yeah, feel like yeah. it, it's not some weirdo, <laughs> wacky thing. Like, yeah, no. You no, know, there just, are certain people in the world who use it diagnostically and yeah so yeah yeah there's you know we have german listeners right now who'd be like yeah of course (laughs) yeah (laughs) um, and i think this is where um it's you know important to talk about the safety parameters of of um of medical treatment but also to say there's nothing wrong with giving this a go if if you're a curious person it's Absolutely. not a, it's and, not a you know, harmful or, or risk oriented therapy. No, exactly. And as you said, you know, if you're, you know, how we work at health space is, you know, if you came in to see, you know, Biocom first and they're your primary practitioner, unless they think that this is not your, the best for you and they might say, you're going to go here, 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 or coordinate that program. And it's the same. If you're under the care of a doctor or any other practitioner, you don't go and do something against what they've recommended for you you bring them into that circle and say hey i want to try this what do you think how can we make this work because if they're taking a medication like we need to know that if we've you know told them to do a herb we need to know what they're taking because you know even natural things can have you know you can react very potently and you can have reactions to it and you know as we know drugs have interactions themselves so it's really important that everyone treating that person Mm. is on the same page yeah absolutely um yeah i was really shocked by how detailed your pre uh first visit uh form was (laughs) took me about two hours (laughs) to fill out but i really appreciate that because it means you know you you guys want to actually know everything that's going on yeah, um, yeah, we do. And because we've got all the practitioners there, you know, like if you go to a massage down the road, then acupuncture over here, every single time you've got to fill in a paperwork, you've got to tell your story again. Like that's what we try to eliminate. We want you to come in, fill it in once really well. And then, you know, we will do the rest of the work. We'll refer you to the next person, tell them what's going on, you know, so you don't have to keep doing that over and over again. That's a big part, an important part of what we do. Mm, so good. And I want to ask you one last question because I think this is something that um, a lot of people grapple with and that is uh, the cost of experimentation, the cost of, you know, when you're a chronic illness sufferer because our, our 
medical model here in the US, I know it's the same in most of, um, well, at least in the UK, I know it's the same. Um, unless it's very mainstream, it's very expensive. That just tends to yep. be the rule. Uh, and how do you then um, feel we can navigate this better uh, to get to things faster so that we can bring down the cost of patient care for people who are in the chronic illness slash needing to experiment um, with things outside the box um, situation? I, when I went to Germany I, and I saw all the models working together, and obviously that's not the whole of Germany, mm. I was, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, I just feel like how can we not be doing that? Mm. Um, you know, there's so much segregation um, between, you know, even just physio and chiro. It's not just, you know, medical versus alternate or anything like that. And so that's sort of a big part of what we wanted to create was trying to limit how much people had to travel and, you know, giving them consistent information between, you know, so like if I want them to put this ice on them and the acupuncturist is saying, no, at this point that blah, blah, blah. So we don't go, you, I'm going to say ice, you're going to say heat. And we go, okay, what do I do? We're going to come together and go, okay, let's make, you know, a a consistent message. Okay, we'll do this first, then this, or you take control of this section. Mm. And, you know, like it's, as you know, and I know very well, I think my trip to Germany, like the whole lot, because my husband came as well, um, cost us $70,000 and that was treatment, travel, you know, everything like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's such an expensive, um, oh, thing, so but- expensive. Yeah. I reckon I spent 50 grand on my mold saga. Yeah. And mm. you know, when you get to a point where you don't like, I feel like I didn't have a life. And so I was like, money means nothing to me because I can't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. I was actually happy <laughs> to literally lose every saving I had Same. as Absolutely. a 41 year old. Didn't back even then. Care. <laughs> yeah. Did not care because did it not was, care just health is everything. Yeah, I totally agree. And so I think first and foremost is making people understand that health is their wealth, their greatest wealth. And that, you know, you have to do something before you, you need to choose to do it rather than wait till you have to do it. That's Mm. two very different things. And, um, Unfortunately, lots of people do learn that lesson like too late, but you know, it's better late than never. Yeah. So do you feel like one of the keys is actually, um, reaching out for support at niggle stages rather than waiting until it's full blown chronic picture? Well, even better than that, you know, mm. like we have parent, like I adjust people through their pregnancy and, you know, sometimes they need lots of work. Sometimes they need not much at all, like more NET <laughs> getting ready mm. for the birth. Um, but you know, I check every single child of, you know, I recommend every single child be checked as soon as possible after the birth. I check mine as soon as they're born. Mm. Um, my daughter was born at home in under two hours. You know, it could, it was the most beautiful birth. And, you know, my son was like three days, like two and a half hours of pushing. And honestly, there was not much difference between them. Like, you know, you could have the most the hardest birth and the child could be completely fine or you could have the easiest birth and they need some cranial work done or like a little bit of, you know, their shoulder might've been sitting funny in utero. So really I think that wellness begins um, from before conception, honestly, because obviously the parents health just determine the child's genetics and then what the the mum particularly does during pregnancy 
has a huge influence on that child's health before they're even born, even if they're born vaginally or not. Mm. And then from the second they're born, like if you, if my son falls over, he'll be yeah. like, I need Annika. And people are like, that's not normal. And I'm like, <laughs> but it is his normal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Do you know? Totally. So it's like, it's just, um, you know, having that mentality that your health is everything and that you're just continually working on it. Yeah. You know, we understand, we don't go to the gym and go, great, I did one exercise. I'm, I'm fit now. You know, we know that we have to continually exercise to keep our health well. And it's no different to our body. We've only got one body and we've just got to always be looking after it as best that we can. Yeah, that's such a, such a great thing to remind everybody who's feeling well right now is, you know, what is your, what is your maintenance plan? Like how's yeah. that looking for you? And yeah. um, do we get in touch with what that looks like um, often enough to make sure we're not heading off track anywhere? Yeah, and wouldn't it be awesome if our medical system was like the original Eastern philosophy where doctors, well, I guess acupuncturists in this case, got paid to keep the people well in their town. Mm. So they got paid more if everyone was healthy than if they weren't. Yeah. Ah, like, can you like, imagine? Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> All of a sudden, nutrition <laughs> would be like three oh. subjects a year. Uh, yep. <laughs> sleep health would be a huge semester's worth. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think keeping costs down, you know, besides the practitioners actually working together and loving that patient so that they can get well is, you know, for example, in our clinic, we have um, like, you know, packs. So people are coming regularly, brings the price down. If their whole family's coming, they get an even bigger discount. So there is that side of it as well, mm-hmm. that you have to be rewarded for looking after your health. Yeah. Love um, it. Yeah. But, you know, not so obviously good. not everyone does that. No. Um, And then last question is how do you keep yourself well? What are your top, top things that you rely on in your day-to-day life to be, to be a well, Kate? Um, Oh my gosh. I do so many things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Without overwhelming us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's funny because as you get busy and you drop a few things, you really like know what the important things are and, um, you know, just as the same as we, you know, want to inspire people to look after their health, we've got to be addressing our health from all different aspects. And so physical, chemical, emotional, spiritual, I always try and be hitting something in each of those categories for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get, I get regular treatment on my body. Um, you know, I'm getting treated. I get checked chiropractically every week cause I'm lucky that I'm in that industry where that's very easy to do. Um, and you know, I get a massage once a month. I go to acupuncture at the moment I go weekly, but anywhere from weekly to monthly. Mm. Um, so I feel like I've got that physical, um, treatment side very much. Um, it's a very big priority for me. And as a mum, um, you know, and what I try to teach other mums is that sometimes you have to come first because if you fall apart, the whole family unit falls apart. Yeah. Um, and so you can't be a good mum if you're not rested, if you don't feel good, you can't lift them up. So, mm. you know, obviously, you know, if you've got a very sick child, it, it is very hard to manage that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I always really do prioritize my health as much as, as everyone else's, um, eating wise, um, you know, from my background of being ill and, you know, learnt that I'm celiac, obviously I'm gluten-free. I just try and eat everything as natural and whole as possible, as seasonal as possible, um, as much colour as possible. Like I love food, um, you know, and I make lots of whole food treats. I love your recipes. Um, I, you know, play and 
do stuff with that. And then the emotional side, I think, is rare. A lot of people miss. And I feel like it's really a lot more is being said about that now. You know, it's not just mm. hippies that meditate. Um, for me, you know, if I meditate, I'm a different person. Mm. And, you know, meditating for people doesn't have to be humming on a hill. It can be... Um, Sorry, can you still hear me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it can be, you know, reading a book. It can be anything that's engaging your right brain. So your right brain is your creative side. Your left brain is the side that categorizes and numberizes everything. So as long as you're thinking or doing something, you know, gratitude, love, di- diaries, reading, watching a feel-good movie, that can be your meditation. Yeah, and I love that you, you said it, that you- because it is different for everybody. It is, you know, you can do a moving meditation, yoga, you know, um, finding your, your thing that you can do that just, you know, starts to really engage that right brain and get away from the, the you know, the, anything that can be categorized and you really feel the difference in your life straight away. Yeah. Beautiful. So good. It was lovely chatting to you. Thank you for um, explaining all the weird and wonderful extra things that we can be doing for ourselves. I think it's Pleasure. always interesting for people to hear about different therapies that can be incorporated in practice. And, uh, and thanks for the wonderful work you do. Thank you. And you too. <laughs> Getting it out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Kate. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com and there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body and mind topics as well as kids and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you, inspire you to take community action Uh, and uh, there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit uh, stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written over the past nine years of writing a blog. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life, so you can find it really, really simply. Thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show. And also to let you know that you can join us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Lotox Life and come join the private Lotox Life Club. In there, over time, more and more cool stuff is about to be added and I can't wait to see where that community takes us. It's a place where we can continue the conversations, chat about the weekly show, you're going to get bonus uh, Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week. Today